Hello, friends. There's lots of interesting things coming up in the Stoic Coffee community, so make sure that you sign up for my newsletter on my website at stoic.coffee. You can also follow me on Twitter at stoiccoffee and on Instagram at stoic.coffee, and you can find my LinkedIn page by searching for Stoic Coffee Break on LinkedIn. Now, I also wanted to let you know that I'm starting a mastermind for tech entrepreneurs as the world of tech is accelerating, and I've had people reaching out to me for a group grounded in Stoic principles. I'll be your facilitator as we tackle some of the big questions in tech using the tools of Stoicism. I have a few spots left for senior tech entrepreneurs and decision makers to join me for a one-hour bi-weekly session. I'll be interviewing candidates to form a tight group for the first cohort of five people, plus myself. Now, if you're interested in joining this, please reach out to me at masterminds at stoic.coffee. Now, again, that's masterminds at stoic.coffee. Thanks again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. My name is Eric Cloward. On today's episode, we're going to talk about what could possibly go wrong. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we as humans make is that we're far too optimistic about how something we're planning might go. And in doing so, we often fool ourselves into believing that it will work exactly as planned. And then we overlook what could go wrong. And in this week's episode, we're going to discuss how to take steps to avoid the blind spots that can easily derail us. Before I begin today's episode, I want to ask a favor of all my listeners. Over the next few weeks, I plan on doing a series of podcasts about how to create a meaningful life, and I would love to hear from you about what you do to create a meaningful life. If you could go to my website at www.stoic.coffee and drop me an email in the contact me form on the front page, or if you want, you can use the Anchor app and leave me a voicemail, and we may use that on the podcast. But I would really love to hear from you about what you think makes a meaningful life. How many times have you started a project or tried to create a new habit, only to run into all kinds of unexpected resistance? Maybe you wanted to start running each morning, or maybe you have a project at work, and despite your best laid plans, things start heading off the rails in ways that you never expected. And when this happens, the optimism and energy that you had starts to wane as you have to deal with one setback after another. I mean, I run into this all the time with some of the projects that I work on. And I think that I have things pretty well planned out. But once I start getting into it, then I find that what I thought were conservative estimates, well, were far too optimistic. When we make overly optimistic plans, we kind of think that it's like having a a mathematical formula that we can just plug in the right variables and have things turn out exactly as expected. But as we all know, the best laid plans don't mean anything if they can't stand up to the reality of a situation. We fall into overly optimistic thinking because our brains are trying to be efficient and it takes a lot of time and effort to dig into a planning process and go deeper than what our initial optimistic plans might be. It takes exploring uncomfortable thoughts and ideas and being willing to throw away any idea that doesn't stand up to reality, even if we're really attached to them. So why is it so hard to get things nailed down and to complete the things that we want to? Well, first we're going to look at two of the most common mental traps that we fall into. And then we'll look at some of the ways that we can work around some of our limitations and help mitigate the challenges that surprise us along the way. The first thing I want to talk about is confirmation bias. 
So Richard Feynman, who is a brilliant physicist, came up with some different maxims. And my favorite by him is the first principle is that you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. And probably the most pernicious enemy of trying to plan for something is confirmation bias. Now, confirmation bias is when we seek out evidence which supports our decision and we ignore evidence that conflicts with our preconceptions. It's the clearest example of overly optimistic thinking, and we're all guilty of it. So confirmation bias blinds us to all kinds of other possible solutions. When we're too attached to an idea, then we want to prove that we already have a solution, and we miss out on finding much better solutions. But the more that we can approach something with an attitude of seeing where we could be wrong, then the more likely it is that our plan will stand up to scrutiny and be much more successful. When we take the time to examine our own bias and we ask ourselves, am I defending this idea simply because it's mine? Or am I ignoring contradictory information because I'm too in love with my own idea? These are really important steps for us to take. And we saw this type of thinking in the second Iraq war, where because some of the decision makers had the idea that there had to be illegal weapons in the country, even the slightest bit of data that could bolster that argument was held up as definitive proof. And anything showing the opposite was simply dismissed and ignored because it didn't support their idea. And once they invaded Iraq, then it became pretty evident that there were no such weapons and also became very clear that the evidence was flimsy at best. Belief bias is a concept that's similar to confirmation bias. Whereas confirmation bias seeks out information to confirm the decision that we want, belief bias is when we use an existing belief to support a conclusion that lines up with our belief. When we don't allow our beliefs to be challenged and to be open to the idea that we might be wrong, then we don't let reality influence our decisions. We may make bad decisions because they are based upon faulty beliefs. Because circumstances change and discoveries happen, and being open to new evidence is critical to making progress in ourselves, as well as successfully completing any project that we start on. For example, if we believe that women are not as smart as men, then we may dismiss a great idea because we believe that only good ideas can come from men. The sad thing is is that I've heard from a few women about how their ideas were dismissed at work simply because they were a woman. When the same idea was presented by a male colleague, it was given the consideration that it actually deserved. Because of this belief, it's taken centuries for women to be treated as equals, to be paid the same as men, and to be able to vote. And as we progress as a society, we can often look back on some of these old beliefs that we had and, and kind of wonder, how did we ever hold that belief? But recognizing these beliefs that we hold and how they influence our decisions is really, really important. Because again, if we make decisions based on faulty beliefs, then we're not going to get very good results. So how do we avoid these traps? What are some steps that we can take to be sure that we aren't fooling ourselves? I think the first and most important is we need to be open to criticism. And Marcus Aurelius said, If any man is able to convince me and show me that I do not think or act right, I will gladly change. For I seek the truth by which no man was ever injured, but he is injured who abides in his error and ignorance. And when we think about this, 
being open to criticism and seeking it out is one of the most important things that we can do when we're trying to work on a project or change things in our lives. A good example of an area that has thrived because of criticism is when we look at science. One of the reasons why we've made so much scientific progress over the last 100 years is because science is based on criticism. It is open to the idea that a discovery or an idea is only as valid as it can withstand criticism. It has to be based upon the best evidence that's available and should only stand as long as it withstands that review and stands up to that criticism. And we should take the same idea in our lives and apply it because when we hold on to an idea or habit, we need to make sure that it, we only hold on to it as long as it actually serves us and helps move us in the direction we want to go. When we seek out contradictory opinions, when we seek out criticism, then we're taking steps to counter our own bias and to be sure that we're not missing something that we overlooked because we were too in love with our own ideas. Marcus Aurelius said, How ridiculous and how strange to be surprised at anything which happens in life. And to me, what this really means is that if we're ever surprised by anything, that it's a failure of imagination. And one of the things that sets us apart from other animals is our imagination. The ability to tell ourselves fictional stories, to think about what-if scenarios, is a really powerful tool in creating our future. Without imagination, we would not have the ability to create ideas about what we think the future should be. We would have no way to plan for the future. So this singular ability is what helps us to move from being just reactionary creatures to creators and designers of our future. But far too often we suffer from a failure of imagination and we do end up surprised when things don't turn out as we expect. Because we as humans have this gift of imagination, we need to consider the unlikely, to think of the impossible, and to be open, idea, open to ideas that we may not like. This also opens us up to a much larger pool of possible solutions. Seneca said, Nothing happens to the wise man contrary to his expectations. So one of the most important practices that the Stoics have is premeditato malorum, which is to imagine all possible ways that things could go wrong. And I've talked about it before on this podcast, and it's a very, very useful practice. Now, this isn't the same as being pessimistic, but I like to think of it as a way to test your ideas and plans against reality by using your imagination. And this is not an easy exercise, and it takes a lot of effort to let go of your wish to have the right solution and to think of all the things that could go wrong. I came across a similar exercise that psychologist Gary Klein calls a pre-mortem. And I really like this idea because it illustrates it nicely. So Dr. Klein explains, our exercise is to ask planners to imagine that it is months into the future and that their plan has been carried out and it has failed. That is all they know. And they have to explain why they think it failed. So just as doctors do a postmortem to understand what happened after the fact, a premortem is a way to truly imagine the most likely ways that a plan could fail. So a lot of the topics I've discussed here today revolve around the fact that we don't like to be wrong. We get attached to an idea and we want that idea to be right. And we want it to be right because that validates us. But the thing is, is that the more we try to avoid failure rather than facing it head on, 
and seeing where we could fail, the more failure that we're going to have. And being able to let go of needing to be right, of validating ourselves, well, the more we can get out of our own way and make better decisions. And that's the show at Coffee Break for today. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you hear, I would really appreciate if you could help support me by making a pledge on Patreon. You can find me at patreon.com slash stoiccoffee. Even just a small amount helps in keeping this podcast going. Also, head on over to my website at www.stoic.coffee and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And lastly, if you know someone that might like or could benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help this podcast grow. Thanks again for listening.